just get started because we don't want to take all day. All right. <clears throat> Hello, world. Welcome back to the Flores and Friends podcast. It is uh, November 8th. I am joined by returning guests, frequent guests. I still think the most guests, like most appearances, I can't remember. I, th- I think I texted you a long time ago that it was I like, you- yeah. I was going to say, I think Justin's the only one that's close, right? Well, no, it's it's like, like I think you had the most number of appearances, but either Justin or Ben had the most, like, hours. I, 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 it was a rough estimation when I did the calculation. Without anything further to do, welcome back, Stephen Vastola. We had you on earlier this year with Cuff, but I'm glad that we finally get to do a single one-on-one episode. For real, I'm excited about this one. Yeah, I know. It's going to be very insightful. We have a lot to get into uh, on the episode, but also just, you know, in general, because we can finally celebrate that that motherfucker got voted out of the White House. Man, fuck Donald Trump. Here's this L for you, sir. Please take it graciously. But we all know you can't. Uh, Steven, it was called Saturday afternoon. Where were you when uh, we got the word that Joe Biden had successfully won the election and presidency. I was still in bed. I was sleeping in. I had been watching so much news the past three days before that, waiting for them to call it, and they never did. And I was like, well, it's the weekend. I need to get some some, some well-deserved rest. So I I was still in bed when they called it. I get up early. I can't help it. Where was I? I was sitting in – I was, like, going to go out to get lunch. I was going to go downtown uh, to get lunch. And I I was just chilling, like waiting till like I, I was watching election news is like just like you, and then like all of a sudden, do 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 CNN projection alert. I'm like, oh shit, maybe one of the states like Arizona or Pennsylvania or Georgia, they finally were like, yeah, this is the guy. And then boom, they were like, Wolf Blitzer was like, hey, we could finally say that Joe Biden won this. We all knew he won this, but we finally can say definitively. But we were watching different coverages. I was watching CNN the whole time. Which one were you watching? I, I was on NBC the entire time. Is there a particular reason why you chose NBC or just like it's as good as any, right? Um, I mean, Yeah, it was kind of as good as any. I, I think I like that guy on the board or there are multiple guys on the boards better than, than John yeah. King. No, no offense to him, but I just felt like he was going a little too fast at yeah. times. And I was like, dude, just calm it down. It's all right. Yeah, I, I like CNN because I'm a basic bitch. Like I just was like, I'll take CNN. And I think you also have YouTube TV when you're on like the home menu of YouTube TV. It just like CNN was like the first option. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll go with that one. But if CNN or if like CBS, CBS or ABC or ABC or one of them had been like the one, I would have been like, okay, I'll pick that one. But yeah, I just stuck with CNN. It was really wild listening to like, I mean, me and you were texting throughout this entire week since Tuesday. Like they had to basically go Wednesday, Thursday, Friday with like no like they just had to keep talking like they had like air to fill like they couldn't really say one way or another like yeah their updates were just yeah they ran the phrase too close to call too early to call about a thousand times it seemed like every five minutes and yeah they were just like well we don't really know what else to tell you we're just we're just waiting on votes to come in i I love that they were like this is the pathway joe biden could take to get to the presidency or this is the pathway uh that uh donald trump could get there and well, we're, we're not saying this is what's going to happen. We're just going to say this is just a projection. This is one way. They were just kept tacking on these clauses of like, we're not saying anything one way or the other. We're just we're just going with it. And, you know, we're just we're just 
doing this to show, but we're not really saying. It's just like, guys, come on now. We all fucking know. <laughs> like, we know that this is, like, not for real. You're just doing this to fill time and shit like that. But it was wild. I think the right man won. It's funny because I was looking because I couldn't remember, but we definitely, the first year of the pod, uh, I think you guys came to Austin. Was that right? Y'all came, like, in 2016. And uh, you and I did an episode. It was episode 12, first season, first volume, called Bad Hombres. And we basically just, I just basically vented. I didn't really listen to it because I didn't have the time. I forgot to listen to it. But yeah, it's kind of wild that four years later, here you are right back and being like, yeah, it's, it's, it's just been crazy, man. How do you feel? Are you, are you uh, relieved? Are you celebratory? Are you kind of indifferent? Or are you just happy that the right guy won? No, I'm, 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 I'm relieved because for me, I feel like I got to help fix a mistake that I helped put in office in 2016. So for me, it was just like, Oh God, please don't make this any worse. Like it's I already feel bad enough that I, I was a, a part of what put him in there originally. And now it's just like, I don't want anything to do with the guy. I just want to get rid of him now. And I don't ever want to talk about it again. Yeah. But I, I mean, overall I'm, I'm relieved for that. But at the same time, I, you know, I, I don't, I really don't know what would happen if he would have found a way to, to win that. I mean, it's just, it is a bad look for us. And I was one of the text messages. I don't know if you recall. I was, I was telling you that I'd switched over to, to BBC news just yeah. to see what, what the, you know, the rest of the world or just get some outside perspectives from outside the country would think about, you know, what's going on here. And it's just, you could just tell, like, you just, they're just like, these Americans are ridiculous. Like, this is stupid. Like, why did, yeah, you know, like it's, it's, it was a really bad look for us. And I was just like, we need to hurry up and just get this over with, get him out get Biden in and just, just be done with it. Yeah, it's been, it's been, uh, as I counted Saturday, he was elected 1,460 days ago. And it's been every day since. It's just been just like stress and like disappointment and just ugliness. Like that's the real thing. I'm like, Politics has always been ugly for as long as our country's history and pretty much throughout human history. But, like, it was just forefront ugly. Like, it was no dressing it up. It was just ugly. And I hope that – I don't suspect that it will. I I imagine it will slightly diminish, but knowing the GOP like they are, I would imagine that the ugliness will continue. But, like, we got a lot of work to do. Uh, I'm very, very happy that Joe Biden won. He's not my favorite candidate. I'm not entirely in love with the guy or Kamala Harris, but just to, just yesterday, for once, I got to be like, that motherfucker's days are fucking numbered, and I will. There will come a time where I can be like, I can just ignore that motherfucker. I'm glad that he's gone, and I don't have to worry about what he's tweeting or anything. I just have to just like he is just that crazy motherfucker on the internet. I mean, not yeah. to, not to be a, a, a bearer of bad news, but I did hear rumors that you know they were considering maybe letting him rerun in, in 2024. So you're still not out of the woods yet. Lord knows if that, that Trump train is still going to be riding high in four years from now. I mean, they, they like to talk about, or at least lately they've been that, so what, 70, I think it was 71 million people voted for him this time around, which is, I think which is it definitely was more 70, than last time. Yeah, it was like, it was like, I think if I recall, Biden won by 5 million votes. So he got like 75 and Trump got 69 something something nice and then got rounded up to 70. But 
But yeah, it was on both sides. More people turned out. Like this was like the best voter turnout in like decades. Ever. So yeah, yeah, like, ever. But I, but at the same time, it is worth noting and considering that him as a candidate or he as a candidate did get those votes. Yeah. So it's just, it's something that that the GOP I'm sure is going to consider. Um, yeah. Or because he could still run for another term. But you know that's 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 a story for four years from now, and we'll worry about that then. Yeah, it'll be very interesting. We really need, I say we, but I'm not actually a Democrat, but as a liberal and a progressive, I need the de- we need the Democrats to win the Senate so we have a pretty much, you know, across the board control over Congress and the executive branch. Uh, obviously, the liberals are in the minority when it comes to the Supreme Court, but what you're going to do about that? You can't really fix that right now. Or can you? We'll see. Uh, but I really, really... I hear what you're saying, but I think that Donald Trump will be 78, 77 in 2024. And granted, Joe Biden is 78 right now. He is the oldest man ever. He's the oldest person ever elected president. And so he's older than what Donald Trump would be in four years. But I mean, I don't know how Donald Trump is still alive to this day with as unhealthy and just as like just gross as that man is like physical health wise. I don't know if he'll be around in four years. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what kind of deal he made with the devil. So we'll see what happens. But it's it's very interesting. I really don't know if it's going to be him, but I imagine Don Jr. or Ivanka or one of them, somebody off the Trump tree will fucking make a run it uh, in 2024. We'll just see what happens. I'm very oh. curious to see what happens to the, the Republican Party going forward because – like, yeah, they got 70 million votes, but, like, they had four years of fucking pretty much, uh, I think, four years of owning the executive branch in the Senate, and they had two years, two years of, of, all three. of the House, of all three, and honestly, they failed at repealing Obamacare, the ACA, and they they got the tax cuts passed, but, I mean, that's not going to last long. I guess the big victory over the past four years is the legislative branch, like Mitch McConnell and the Republicans filled a bunch of federal judge case spots and uh, they got three Supreme court judges. So we'll see what happens, man. I don't really know if they consider this a loss. Is it, do you find it interesting that not a lot of, I mean, obviously there are people in Trump world like fighting this and chanting fraud or you, and, but there's a lot of major Republicans that aren't necessarily being as vocal as Donald Trump would want. Is that, does it surprise you that it seems like either a portion or a good majority of elected uh, Republicans are not really backing him and his claims of fraud? Well, a, a lot of them really, from what I can recall, a lot of them never really did, but a lot of them at, at some point after he was elected, were just like, look, we're, we're stuck with this guy. He's part of the party yeah. for the next four years. We got to get behind him. But now that he's lost, you might see a good bit going, Hey, you know, you're, you're not the guy anymore. We didn't like you from the get go. Yeah. F off, you know, so. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not surprised. I just, I don't, I don't know if they'll get enough of that kind of support to just completely distance him from the party. Um, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know what they would consider to be more beneficial for them going forward if they, if the party themselves wants to, to distance themselves from him or, 
or if they want him to continue running or however they, you know, whatever they want to do. I, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what they decide to do uh, moving forward with him um, or if they, you know, even want him to be the GOP candidate. Yeah, it's wild because, like, they're this form of republicanism or conservatism, however you want to look at it. I mean, it's kind of an offshoot of the early, at the beginning of last decade, the Tea Party uh, movement. It's like Trumpism, I feel like, is the na- maybe not the natural, but the the successor to that that wing of the Republican Party, of the conservative party. So I don't think that mo- that ideology, that kind of populist like mo- momentum will be going away anytime soon because, I mean, the left has it just as well. But it'd be very interesting to see if the Republicans in four years can find a candidate who appeals to that that portion of their of their spectrum but isn't a fucking clown or a narcissist and incompetent and dumb as fuck like it's i don't know i don't know well, but it's uh, going to be a fight yeah I, I would i would argue for them to find that candidate you're describing would be to go against everything that is the gop how so uh because they're they're conservative they don't they don't like change like that like what you're what you're asking for is is borderline somebody who who doesn't completely agree with everything that they stand for. Mm-hmm. So knowing what I know about them, I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that they would, they would want that as a candidate. That would so be something yeah. I would expect on the other side, which is what you see. Like, you know, you see all these, um, I don't want to use the word extreme, but they're, but the, the Democrats have multiple candidates and they showed this year that are, that are all over the map. There's, you know, Kamala Harris, um, Buttigieg, uh, Andrew Yang, who's not even, he wasn't even really a politician, but then he yeah. had his own, um, quote unquote, extreme ideas. I mean, like, they have, they have, they have, it's like, take your, take your pick with the Democrats. Like, they're, they're all over the place. Whichever one you feel is best suited to win is the one you go for. But when it comes to the, the conservatives and the Republican side, it's, it's Donald Trump, who is probably the only thing that's been different for them. And yeah, by different, he's just been extreme. And then everybody else who's just just seems like a regular conservative. Yeah. So that, that's why I don't I don't think that they'll ever find a candidate like you just described because that would go against what they believe. Yeah, I hear you. Um, it'd be very interesting as a thought experiment, like to think about like since 2015, if Donald Trump didn't exist, like where would this party have gone to? Because I mean, as you recall, in 2016 the the uh republican it was very narrow on the democratic side it was just you know bernie and hillary and uh one of the other dudes i can't remember his name but the republican they had like a field like they had like like it wasn't nearly as bad as the democrats in 2019 with all their candidates that were seeking the nomination but it was also pretty stacked on the right five years ago so you had like marco rubio you had ted cruz you had jim bush Jeb Bush. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Jeb Bush. It's very interesting. If Donald Trump had never happened, like if Donald Trump was like, fuck it, I'm going to play golf for the rest of my life. What? I, I don't know who they would have picked. And I don't know if they would have beat Hillary, but like, I don't know. Like, yeah, I mean, it right. was Ted Cruz. I mean, it was, it was, it was down to him and Ted Cruz, I think, towards yeah, the end. That's a good point. So, I mean, I mean, if you just take him out, you got to assume that they, that they probably would have gone with Ted Cruz. Yeah. I, I don't really know. I mean, fuck Ted Cruz. I, I say this as a pacifist. Uh, he is the most punchable face, like, 
in American politics. Like, I, I, I don't know what it is about seeing that dude's face. I'm just like, God, I really want to ram my fist through his jaw. And I, like, again, I'm not a violent person, but I just get the urge to. Uh, he's, and all, he's gotten yeah. worse since, since 2016, I think. Like, he's, I think personally, like, I, I wasn't a fan of him then. I, I'm really not a fan of him now. Yeah. Like, I think he, I feel like he's gotten worse. I feel like he's, go, he's gone more towards like the Trump side of things where yeah. he's just going to be a loud mouth about shit. And yeah, it's just, I, I don't know. So maybe, maybe, well, I don't want to project. I was going to say maybe if he keeps that, that crap up, maybe they might go with him. I did want to mention that we completely neglected to address the other elephant in the room, uh, Mike Pence. Like, I mean, Mike Pence is still in play, like in four oh, years. True. If, if, by, if Trump doesn't seek re-election, maybe or doesn't seek a second term in 2014. I mean, there's nothing to say that uh, Mike Pence couldn't be the guy. Uh, I don't see that because his track record of being pretty anti, uh, very fundamental Christian oriented and anti LGBTQ plus policies that he enacted or pushed for when he was governor of Indiana. Uh, I, I don't know. I think he's, too antiquated, but I, I've been wrong. I was wrong in 2016, so hopefully I'm not wrong in 2024 if Mike Pence seeks re, seeks the uh, presidency. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't think that. Like I think we've seen this that I, in my own like prisoner of the moment uh, kind of uh, projection or assessment um, of why Biden won. I think that Biden won because. He appealed to independents and very moderate Republicans that switched over. Uh, I think that that's how he won. I mean, we're talking about what, like 5 million votes here? So that's like what? There was 140 something. Uh, there was 140 million votes, I think, total. And 5% is like what? Like less than 5%. Uh, so, like, I really think that you got to win those, like, that 5% margin or like maybe 5 to. 10% margin. And I'm like, I don't think, I don't think Ted Cruz is like charismatic enough or personable enough or like inviting enough to sway over that like five to 10%. And I don't really know. We'll see what happens. Again, we don't know. We're not political science experts or anything like that. So what do you think? Well, I was going to say, we had this, I had this discussion. I was over at Lindsay Raymond's yesterday. Um, mm -hmm. We were, we were we were celebrating um, Biden when we were talking a lot about that. We 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 kind of came to a general agreement that although we, we may not have we may not have said it earlier, mm -hmm. I, I think that that Biden was actually the best candidate of the bunch to beat Donald Trump mm -hmm. because of how moderate he was. Mm -hmm. They because Raymond Raymond is is more or less a, a very a very liberal person, kind of like you, a very liberal conservative. I'm not conservative, liberal, uh, progressive. Yeah. Um, and, Which and he, you know, he, he wanted Bernie. Almost like most people, most, most progressives that I know really wanted Bernie because Bernie meets everything that they wanted to go to. I promise, I promise I won't interrupt, but I just wanted to say, which is wild knowing Raymond because he's such a, like a quiet, like soft spoken guy. You think that he's kind of more moderate, but no, he's actually, he's actually pretty far left. And I, I think that's awesome. Sorry to interrupt. I was just, Get a, get, a couple, we know get, him, yeah. get a couple drinks in him. He'll, he'll let you know. Who okay, that's what the, that's um, the that's the key. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we all kind of we all kind of agreed that Biden was the the guy to win this election because if we would have went, if they would have went hard left, like I think that they kind of wanted to. Yeah, but I think they always knew whether it had been Hillary or Biden that if if 
if they would have went with Bernie, he's not going to win those votes yeah. that make the difference that got Biden to win. Because yeah. a lot of those, a lot of those moderates, those those ones in the middle, are not going to go, or at least it's believed anyway. They're not. They were. They weren't going to go with with Bernie and be that extreme. Yeah. So I think that Biden was the right guy for it. Clearly, he won. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it's he was the perfect candidate to be what I what I think he's supposed to be, which is going to be more of a transition guy. Like, I don't think anybody expects that's a great point. Not, I don't think anybody expects Biden to run again in 2024. He's going to be 82 years old. And I think that what they were doing was whoever he picked to be his VP was going to be next in line in 24. It was just about making sure they got the win to get Donald Trump out and for them to slowly transition to a, a more progressive side. Now, they still have work to do. They, they're, they're probably not going to get very much done in the first two years, depending on you know how the, this, the Senate race finishes yeah. out. But that's really what Biden is. Just. It was it was about getting Donald Trump out and about them slowly starting to progress to to trend towards a more progressive side. That was going to literally be my next question. I was like, "Do you think Biden's going to try again?" I don't think any. That would just. I'm sorry, dude. Like, 82 years old. That's too old to be like. I, look, I'm not trying to sound ageist here because like there are plenty of 82 year olds that are very active, very you know, very capable. But I'm just like, can, can we get someone like I don't know in the 40s, 50s, maybe? Like that seems a little old. But I'm I'm interested to see what Kamala Harris does. It'll be very see. I don't. I'm 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 that uh, I am that far left uh, wing, I guess, of the liberal movement. That like I'm more progressive when it comes to I I call myself a democratic socialist. I know that sounds bad because we've been told all our lives that socialism is, socialism is bad, but actually it's pretty great. Um, so I I I definitely agree works. that. Yeah, it, it's pretty great if it works like it's supposed to, and it's not corrupt. Because they always want to point to to um, other countries where it hasn't worked, but they've all had the same issue with corruption. Just want to you know make that a valid point. I totally agree. You're preaching to the choir here, uh, and I, as I mean, I have liberal friends that are not very into Biden, but and I'm not thrilled about him. But the way I rationalize it, and this is just me, is I totally agree with you. That it is a transition. We just needed to. We were in a hole. Biden's going to get us out of the hole that Donald Trump created, and then hopefully, maybe Kamala Harris, maybe not, maybe somebody else will be the one to push us further up the hill instead of down in the hole that we were in. In this metaphor, uh, and I really wish I was always on Elizabeth Warren, but by the time that uh, she twenty twenty four, she will be also like seventy something, and I'm like, I really love you, uh, Miss Warren or Senator <laughs> Warren. But that's still kind of old. Uh, but I really do. I really, I really, I'm like, I'm willing to concede that, yes, we need a transition. We, we need a moderate to get us. He That's the thing about Joe Biden and moderate liberals. They aren't necessarily going to spearhead the progressive policies that I want. But they won't get in the way. Like, that's the thing. I was like, don't get in the way. Like, if you have, if you, if you disagree with it or you agree with it, I don't care. Just don't get in the way. We want to push this up the hill. Just don't get in the way. And I really think that Biden, yeah, he'll probably go along with it because he is flexible and he has changed over time depending on the uh, where the wind blows. So I think that he, he, he he's good at reading the room and he knows that look, the, like the young liberal Democrats want these like more socialist, more progressive policies. So sure, let's go with it. At, at least that's what I'm hoping. Um, did anything else surprise you? Uh, was it 
I mean, there's not really much to say. Are you? Are, how do you feel about Kamala Harris? What, what, with what you know about her, whether that's a lot or a little, like, are you happy for? I mean, we're. I think we're both happy that you know she's a woman, first female vice president, first uh, woman of color in the uh, in the Oval Office. Uh, how do you feel about her? Uh, overall, pretty pretty indifferent. Uh, I, I felt like I, I don't know. I, I think she's she's fairly similar to Biden in a lot of things. Um, I don't think she's as progressive as, as some people would have liked her to be. But, mm-hmm. you know, like I said earlier, this is, this is a transition candidate. It's a transition ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if maybe they'll, they'll go to her next time around or if they'll decide to go with somebody else. But I mean, I'm pretty indifferent about it. Um, I have, I have, I have no real gripes with her. Yeah. At all. So, you know, it's solid is probably the, the right word for it. I did, I did want to touch on. So, you, I, got a, yeah. I got a question for you. This is what I wanted to, to, to mention earlier. So, you said you wanted a, more of a younger candidate to run. And I, and I think generally most, uh, most more liberal progressives or just younger people in general would, would like to see a younger candidate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my question is, do you think if there was actually a viable candidate, Let's say he's 43 years old. Sure. Something like that. Let's let's put the age somewhere around there. Uh, Do you feel that most voters would look at that as a bit of an extreme candidate? Like they would, they would view him as an extreme candidate because he's so young. Or her, or her. Or her. Um, uh, You know, I think. Obama, Obama is my mom's age. So in 2018, he was like in his mid forties or sorry, in 2008, he was in his mid forties. And I do recall that being used against him. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but again, they'll find anything to hold against anybody. Like they, they, they found a way to use Biden's age against him when he ran this time. And I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I d- look. It's not that I want a young person. It's not that I want. To, it's not that I need a young person. I just think that first off, let's get away from like old white men. Can we get? Can we get that? Like, can we just start mixing it up? Because this is a diverse country full of different voices and different backgrounds. And I'm just like, just for the reference, uh, Brock was 47 in 2008. Yeah, yeah, he's a little bit younger. He's a. Li- I'm sorry, he's a little bit older than my mom. That's how I remember that. I guess what I'm saying is like I, I just want some diversity. It's it can be an older person. It's just can we get somebody you know from a different ethnicity? Can we get someone a different sex? Can we get like can we get some more diversity? And I just feel like for most of our history, really until Barack, uh, it's like we only had old white men or like older to old white men. So I'm just like, can we get mix it up a little bit? That's that's where I'm coming from more than anything. Yeah, I know. That, but like I said, my question was just more do you. Do you think that that viewers, well, not viewers, voters will view that as more of an extreme candidate just because of their age? Brock is kind of the anomaly because because he also had the added fact of him being being black. Yeah, it shouldn't matter, but it but it does. And, yeah. and they had to take that into account when when people voted for him. But if, for example, a 40, 42, 43 year old white man or white woman came, you know, like they don't they don't have that that extra element to them. Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't think they're going to get, I don't think they're going to get that vote. Yeah. Thinking about it like that, I don't know. Like, I really think that any white person 
whether they're in their 40s or their 80s, or I'm sorry, in their 70s, I think that being white helps them because the majority, I think, yeah, like, I think that white people like voting for white people. Like, not all white people, but a majority of white people, I feel, like white, like voting for white people. So while they might think that, oh, they're a little young, I think that they're, they, that, that implicit bias would help them more than it would, the, the implicit bias of them also being white would benefit them more than the age would detract, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, it, being in this country until further notice, being white is, is never, going to hurt you in almost anything yeah pretty much except on a dance floor but that's a conversation for another day uh uh, i think that does it for the election uh we had a one or two things before we got into the main topic uh unless you had anything else to say steven uh, about the election we can we can move on with that rationality and good faith won this week and that makes me very happy because it's been four years since they lost and that was a really rough and i'm glad that you know the tide swung back or the pendulum swung back anywho uh just real quick i know that you still have this going on uh you're getting married next year april uh april 17th i put it in my phone uh, allegedly yeah allegedly uh so how's it going are you uh, we we were talking a little bit last night about it uh is there anything i know you said there wasn't much to update since you were on last but how you feeling? Are you like just? Are you just like? Is it is it in your mind? Is it off in the distance, or do you feel like it's inching every bit closer? No, it it feels like it's off in the, in the distance. I mean, I don't think either one of us expects to actually have the wedding in April because of the coronavirus. And if yeah. you start looking at the day the day by day cases, I mean, it's just it continues to get higher. I don't, I don't, I don't see how we continue to progress in terms of reopening things. As these numbers continue to skyrocket, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I expect us to take a few steps back between now and January. And January is when we will be making that call if we are going to continue with the wedding in April or if we're going to push it back. So, you know, I, if you would ask me like a month ago, a month and a half ago, like eh, maybe, maybe there's a chance. Yeah. Today, I think I think Rachel and I are both kind of agreeing. Like we don't. Like we're going to plan for it until January, but I don't think either one of us really expects um, mm-hmm. for it to happen in April. Yeah, I was thinking April is probably the earliest. Uh, like I, I think it's the earliest things could possibly start getting better because I think that we're pretty much the rest of the year is not is not no, uh, it's not good. And then probably yeah, it's going uh, to depend on how much worse it gets from now yeah. to January, and that's a whole yeah. two months. Yeah. And then January and February, I'm like, maybe if we start making moves to slowly get back, like maybe March will be kind of okay. And then April, obviously like mid April, like uh, maybe, but yeah, I kind of, I kind of see from, yeah, looking at it really, uh, it's, I mean, that's a bummer. How do you feel about it? If I may ask, like, is it the, are you just taking it on the chin? You're taking it in stride Um, or are you kind of disappointed by it? No, and I'm not. I'm not disappointed. I know. I know she probably is, because um, it's the day that she picked out. But I mean, it, it's not like it's not like we just we just had this, you know, happen yesterday. Like we yeah. we've had a, a long time to kind of stomach it that like it's probably not going to happen. I and mean, we've been talking about this since, you know, I think it, it probably 
first came to fruition probably around like June or July when we got back from our trip and it's just like, you know, it's, it's not really going away. Like now we're getting, you know, we're within a year and another month passed and it's just like, well, it's still there and, and we don't, we don't want to be limited at all by it. So we yeah. would, and at the end of the day, we would rather push it back and have it be what we wanted than trying to force that date with everything that's going on. So yeah, if, if there's any disappointment, it's, it's it's a little. It's it's not a lot. I mean, we'll we'll deal with it. We just we just want to have the the wedding that we plan to have, and we're going to do that regardless of whether there's, um, you know, regardless of whether there's COVID in April or or not, and we'll we'll reschedule it accordingly. Yeah, it's a bummer, man. I'm sorry. Like it's crazy to think about. I mean, June and July feels like ages ago at this point. Like, I, I just was like, I, I, it would never have occurred to me in June or July that your wedding in April of 2021 would be in jeopardy. Like, that, that's, that, I, it's just gone on so much longer than I ever would have imagined or suspected. I thought we would slowly get back to normal in Ju- July, August. And here we are at the beginning of November and we're, yeah, we're still pretty much the same. Yeah, and it hasn't gotten any better. Any worse. Yeah, it's yeah. starting to get worse. It's, it's, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sad for y'all. I know that no matter what y'all be, it'll work out. It's not that big a deal. I mean, it is a big deal at your wedding, but like, you know, it's not like, I mean, it could be a lot worse. It could be a lot worse. I was talking to Joe about it, um, on the last pod, uh, that he was like, he wasn't, they, they pushed theirs back. It was supposed to be in August of this year. And they pushed it back to June of next year. And he says, I don't think we're going to push it back again. Like, if not, we'll just have something. We'll just have the ceremony. And then when things get better, we'll have a party for everybody to celebrate and all that stuff. And I was like, yeah, that seems pretty reasonable. I just can't imagine, like, just people are, like, trying to have the, 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 the happiest days of their lives with everyone they love. And fucking life just took a shit on it, dude. It's so fucking sad thinking about it. Yeah, it just, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. There's, there's nothing we can really do about it. Anywho, uh, the other thing I want to talk about before we get to the main topic. Um, first off, special shout out, RIP Alex Trebek. Very sad. One of Canada's greatest men. Uh, he will be missed. I was never a big Jeopardy fan, but I always liked him. And when I did watch Jeopardy, I always liked him. Do you have anything to say about Alex Trebek? Um, no, I was, I was, I was sad to hear about it. Um, you know, just, makes a, a worse year even worse yeah um but I, I you know i wasn't much of a jeopardy guy i didn't i didn't really watch it but i always knew about a new you know the the success that he had with that show and how big of a personality he was for jeopardy so yes yeah. it's, it's a it's a tough blow yeah 80 years old he lost his battle uh to pancreatic cancer i mean and i was texting ben about this man like it's a shame it's a damn shame but i mean 80 years old i mean all he gave us and what a life he had i'm like it's unfortunate, but I don't think Alex Trebek would be like, I was robbed. Like, I think he was like, no, nah, I had a great life, and it was awesome. Um, I agree. Anyway, let's talk about the holidays, man. Speaking of, I'm probably, yeah, I'm going to be making my way to Louisiana in two weeks. Uh, like 12 days, actually. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I, I'm very excited uh, I was telling my mom when we talked about it a few weeks back that, like, I don't really care about Thanksgiving. Like, I think working in the retail grocery business, like, ruined it for me. Like, ruined that holiday for me. Like, it's great to 
it's great to have the food and it's great to watch the football and it's great to have the pies and now living outside of Louisiana it's great it's a chance to get home because I don't see y'all as much as I'd like but Thanksgiving always just seemed like a dumb holiday to me like it was just like they needed like a pre-Christmas I'm like okay fine but this year I'm really looking forward to it because as rough as this year has been on in my own life and for everybody as long as I, I plan on being safe here, but like I really want to see as many people as I can because I really, really appreciate. Like I've been living, I live alone, so I haven't really engaged seriously with people. Like maybe like one or two times since I saw y'all in July. Uh, so, or no, I don't. Even, did I see you guys in July when I was back home? Or were y'all still yes. on the way? Yes, 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 yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. All right. Back one Friday before we left. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I got all my Christmas shopping done because I was just like, just get it out the fucking way. It's not a lot. Just get it out the fucking way. Uh, so are you looking forward to the holidays? I, I really am. I'm really looking forward to coming home and seeing y'all and like spending time with people uh, as much as I can. Are you really looking forward to this year or are you kind of just like, it's still a hassle? Uh, I mean, the holiday itself has never, has never meant much to me. Um, yeah. just because my, mainly because my birthday has always floated around Thanksgiving. Yeah. So for me, it's all, it's always been about my birthday and just having yeah. a, plate, a giant plate of food with the family who comes together once a year. So, I mean, that's, that's all it is to me. Uh, you know, thanks, the Thanksgiving, I think is the day, two days before my birthday this year. So, you know, that's, that's all I really care about from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, it's, it's just it's a holiday to bring people together, need to play the food before Christmas. Yeah. Are you, I mean, not to get dire here, but this is like a serious issue of like during the pandemic, you're going to have a lot of people traveling or try, at least trying to travel and you're going to have a lot of people congregating. I'm nervous. Like I'm like, I'm worried. And then to take it a step further, I'm really worried about Christmas because like, as you know, a lot of stores, a lot of businesses rely on that last push in the fourth quarter to maybe if their company's in the red, you know, uh, that little push putting them in the black. I mean, that's why it's called Black Friday, right? Uh, yeah. Are are you – I'm kind of worried. I know I'm going to be safe, but I'm really worried about like – we were just talking about the pandemic seemingly getting worse. I'm like, oh, man. This is going to be bad, isn't it? And you know people are going to be stupid and do reckless things and do shit they shouldn't be doing right now because fuck it, right? And I'm trying to be – I'm very optimistic, but I'm really worried about like people getting sick around Thanksgiving or afterwards and then Christmases, all these businesses that are still managed to hang on during all this. And like I don't think people have the money to spend as much as they usually do in around this time. So I'm just like – Dude, what are we going to do? Like, what are we going to do? And I don't think we're going to get another stimulus, like, bailout, like, relief package anytime soon. So. Oh, yeah, not anytime soon. Um, I, I don't I don't know. That's a that's an interesting point that I, that I don't think I really have thought about uh, in terms of the businesses and just people yeah. buying. But, uh, you know, in terms of the, the virus, uh, I mean, there's, there's always going to be those people that are going to go on, like, Black Friday, for example. No yeah. matter what, um, I'm going to, of course, stay as far away from that as possible. Amen. But I mean, there's, there's just, there's just so many avenues now of, of just ordering things online and just having it, it shift that I'm not, I'm not too concerned about that. I don't, I don't think the virus in and of itself will have, um, a direct effect on anything like that. I mean, like obviously there's still people that were, that were put out of a job and maybe don't have the, the yeah. money to spend, but I don't think the virus is going to actively slow them in December. If, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, so I, I don't, 
I don't, I don't think it'll be that big of a deal, but I mean, I, I could definitely, you know, I, I would definitely guess that the sales numbers are not going to be as, as, as high. It's a bummer. Uh, I mean, I think some of the larger companies like your Walmarts, your Targets, your, uh, whatever, your Nikes, your all this stuff, like all these, like pretty big, uh, companies, they'll weather the storm. But I just worry about like kind of your, your Etsy crowds or you're just like your not mom and pops, but kind of smaller independent stores that, you know, sell knickknacks or jewelry or just this or that. I'm like, they're probably counting on a lot of these sales coming in and probably is not going to come in because like, I mean, some people have the money, but like not nearly as many people as normally do. So I'm just like, it's probably going to be a rough end of the year to an already shitty year, but I don't know, man, we'll see what happens. I, I'm just looking for, I'm just like, I just need to get to, I just need to get to November 20th. That's when I'm hitting the road to come back home. Like, I don't care what I have to do between now and then. I want to get a flu shot. I want to get tested, but I'm just like, I just need to get, I just need to get to there. That's all I need to do is get there. And, uh, that's really where I have blinders on. I'm like, what do I need to do here around my apartment with work? Well, what do I need to do to get there? And that's, that's pretty much my focus because I'm really looking forward to seeing my family, you, Rachel, Ben and Morgan, Amy, Claire, all, all of them. And I'm really going to try as best I can to like see some people that I haven't seen in person in years because when I'm in town, I feel like it's a mad dash to get around to make the rounds to see people. I'm really going to try. If I don't catch them now, hopefully I'll catch them in Christmas. But yeah, um, um, for the first time in a long time, I am genuinely thrilled about Thanksgiving. Who knew? It was it was like the first Thanksgiving after I left the store. Uh, that was like the first Thanksgiving that I was like, "Oh yeah, I can actually like be excited about this holiday." And it's like ever since I've been like, "Eh, I'm kind of whatever." But that was like the first Thanksgiving that I was like, "Oh yeah, this is a fun holiday." It's like you can relax now, John. It's cool. You don't have to fucking work the day before Thanksgiving or the day of Thanksgiving. Uh, let's move on to the main topic here. Uh, this is. Steven's probably going to take the reins for most of the talking. Uh, I, I definitely was like, because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, about a lot of things, but specifically this uh, topic. Uh, we want to talk about gambling and sports, gambling and betting, basically. Uh, I'm not a big uh, gambler. Uh, I'll play like, remember a few times we played a, like uh, Texas Hold'em all together and we like all put in like $5 in a pot. Do you remember yeah. that? That was a fun yeah. night. We did that like a couple of times. It was really fun. But that's as big as I go. But you are a... I don't know if prolific is the word, but you are an active. Uh, it is a pastime of yours, or it's a hobby, or a recreational hobby of yours. That's what we want to talk about, because I'm fascinated by it, even though I have no skin in the game. So uh, let's let's get into it. Um, yeah. So what do you, I guess to open up, like, uh, I guess the, the questions I wanted to go, if we back up a little. How long have you been doing this? Uh, I feel like I, I feel like I'm interrogating, like, how long have you been doing this? No, but, uh, <laughs> so how long have you been, like, actively doing this like pretty regularly doing this and what really got you into it um i think i started in 2015 okay and honestly i just i i, I got a text message from a friend of mine who's like hey um you know i know a guy who, who's kind of essentially a bookie yeah. you know, do you do you want to get involved with this and bet on it because i've always kind of known about the lines but like you know it's never it was never legal everything would have to be done under the table so I, I agreed. I trusted the guy and, you know, I've been doing that ever since. And I've just kind of been hooked on it from there. I've, I've made, I've made plenty of bad decisions from it. You can ask Rachel. I've, 
I've also made a, I've also made a quite a few uh, big wins from it. So I mean, yeah. it's kind of, it's kind of paid off. Well, let me let me start with this. There's, yeah. there's, there's two sports that I mainly that I mainly place wagers on. I kind of stay away from everything else. Uh, it's mm-hmm. mainly just football and, and basketball. They run, they run the same uh, kind of system, and that they, typically there are there are two lines that I'm going to say Vegas just because it's what I'm used to. But basically, there's there's two lines that casinos will run for a particular game. It's it's going to be what the the spread of the game is and what the the total of the game is. Mm-hmm. And they'll they'll allow you to place uh, for the total, for example, either a bet on the over or the under, whatever whatever number they they throw out there. Mm-hmm. And then on the spread, this is where it kind of gets confusing to a lot of a lot of people that aren't familiar with it. Um, so, for example, the Saints in tonight's game are currently three point underdog. So in other yeah, words, we're currently recording this before the Saints game on Sunday night. By the way, for the record, oh. so the Saints are, are currently plus three. That's that's the spread of the game. Uh, so what that means, if you wanted to bet on the, the Saints on the on the spread, you would be taking three points. Now, what that means is that at the end of the game, whatever the score is, let's say it's 27-25 Tampa Bay, just for the sake of, of this. Okay. You were, given, you were given three points off of that spread because it was Saints plus three. So the Saints in this in this scenario didn't win the game, but they covered the spread, and that would be a win for you if you, yeah. if you bet that. Whereas vice versa, in that same scenario, if you took Tampa Bay minus the three where you were giving points, uh, you you would lose. While they while the Buccaneers won the game, you would lose that bet because they would have they would have had to win by three and a half or more. And obviously, there are no half points in, in football or basketball for that matter. But mm-hmm. that's just called that's just called the hook in in the the the, the betting world. It basically, it just doesn't allow for a, a push or a tie. Rather. Yeah. So if the score would have been twenty seven twenty four. Both bets would have just been a tie. Everybody would have just been refunded their money. That's a that's a push. See, it yeah. works the same way for the total. So if the total's fifty, it lands right on fifty. It's a push. If it's fifty and a half, which is what it is right now, um, you know, obviously whatever you bet over or under on that uh, is the winner, depending on whatever the total number of the score is that both the Bucks and the Saints score. So twenty-seven, twenty-four is what is that? Fifty-two. Uh, it's uh, no twenty-seven, twenty-four, fifty-one. One fifty-one. So that in that scenario, that would be that'd be the over. The over would hit on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also there's also a third column, a third thing that you can bet on, which is called the money line, which is essentially take the spread out. I just want to bet on who's going to win the game. Works the same way in football and basketball. Uh, there's obviously the underdog and the favorite. Saints are currently plus one forty-five. Now, what does plus one forty five mean? That those are those are American. Uh, that's, that's specifically an American um, betting odd. So plus what did I say? Plus one forty five. Yeah. So sure. plus one forty five. There's a converter that I like to use, and what it does is it gives you the implied probability of what that line means. So plus one forty five uh, means that there's an implied probability that Vegas thinks the Saints will win this game. 41%. There's a 41% chance that the Saints are going to win that game. Okay. Um, that doesn't mean that that's completely accurate because again, they're, they're going to move those lines depending on who's betting what because they don't, they don't want everybody betting on one thing. And then if that wins, they're held liable for all that money. Yeah. Um, so it'll, it'll kind of, it'll, it'll, 
it'll move a little bit depending on on who bets what. But that's kind of that's kind of how that works. And and what does plus forty five mean in terms of what you bet? Well, you typically the the plus numbers are your underdogs um, in a in a in a head to head situation like the Saints and the Bucks. So plus one forty five uh, as a as a as a underdog means that for every dollar that you bet, Vegas will put up a dollar and forty five cents. So if yeah, I they like to do it with like hundred dollars or stuff like that to make it more reasonable to understand. But yeah, yeah, right. same principle, so, same principle. Yeah. So if I put up a hundred dollars in the Saints to win a plus one forty five, I would be risking a hundred dollars that I put up to potentially win two hundred forty five total. But Vegas will be putting up one hundred forty five dollars, so you're risking a hundred to win one forty five, which totals two forty five. Okay. Um, and it works the same way. For favorites, except that it's a minus. So the Buccaneers are minus 165. Um, so for every dollar and 65 cents you put up, you'll be able to win a dollar from Vegas. So it works backwards. Yeah. Uh, I had a question. Uh, do they always differ? Like, is it ever like plus 45, minus 145? Like you said that the uh, Bucks are one are negative 165 and Saints are currently 145. Is that based off anything, or is that like do they usually yeah. correlate? Yeah, uh, it's never it's never the same. So if you see plus one forty five, you might not see minus one sixty five on the other side, but you'll certainly never see plus one forty five and minus one forty five. And the reason okay. for that, the reason for that um, is that Vegas makes all most of their money when it comes to sports betting on kind of a of what they call the juice in it. So if you were to bet. Let's move back to the spread just for, just to make it simpler. Uh, currently, the Saints are plus three, but they're minus one hundred five. So from what I just said about the, the favorites, for every dollar that you want to win, you have to put up a dollar and a nickel. Basically, the way that they do that is obviously you're going to have to put up more money to take that spread. But let's say 50% of people, let's, let's just put it 100. 100 people bet, 50% of them take the Saints plus three, and, a, and a 50 of them take Tampa Bay minus three. Tampa Bay is at minus 115. Saints are at minus 105. Let's just say it's to make it simple math, it's minus 110. Yeah. So 50 bet one way, 50 bet the other way. Regardless of whatever the dollar amount that they bet was, because both sides bet a, a minus like that, um, so for every $100 that they want to win because it's, it's minus, they have to put up 105 or in this case, $110. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So regardless of who wins, Vegas will still get the keep at minimum 10%. Because it's minus one ten odds. Yeah, and that's how they make their money. So regardless of who wins, they don't care if it's fifty fifty because they're going to get they're going to get their money based off of whatever juice they put out there, as as they call it. Mm-hmm. So back to the money line, it's one plus one forty five and minus one sixty five. They'll do that. That's how they make up for the juice. So the the favorite is typically going to be a higher number than the underdog will because they don't want to pay you out as much if the underdog wins, but at the same time, they'll make up for it. If somebody bets a heavy favorite like that, you're going to have to put up a lot of money just to make a small amount. And if, yeah. and if, and if that, that favorite fails, they're going to get paid a, a good bit. So they try and balance it out with, with the, the money line like that. That's how they, that's how they make their juice. That's why you'll never see plus 145 and minus 145. Because if, if 50 people bet one way and 50 people bet the other way, um, then it becomes, well, how much money did each side was bet on each side? Like they're, they're, they're liable for that if they, if they lose. But if they do it this way, um, if the underdog wins, great, that's fine. 
they're going to make up all that money because if you bet on the underdog, you're going to make a lot of money because you're going to win more than you put up. Mm-hmm. But if you bet the underdog, you have to put up more to make a little bit. So if the underdog loses, for example, they're not going to pay out a lot of money to the favorites because you had to put up a lot of money to get it. Mm-hmm. So minus 165, if you bet $100, well, you couldn't bet $100. you would have to bet $165 to win $100. Yeah. So that $100 difference or that $65 difference in there is what they can use to help pay for the, or help give them money for the underdog. So if somebody bet $100 on the Saints to win, they could win $145. Uh, and then somebody bet $165, uh, to, on the Buccaneers to win 100. If the Buccaneers win that game, that, that player would win $100, but they would just essentially give you the money that they took on the underdog. They don't lose yeah. it. Yeah. It, it, if I manage it, it, from what little I know, like Vegas, one, Vegas is very smart. Uh, Vegas is like the whole, not the, not like actual city of Las Vegas, but like, they're very smart and they are really good at covering their asses and like making sure things balance out no matter which ways it swings. Just from my limited perception. I mean, overall, this it's just like just like when you walk into a casino and you you make any bet, whether it be blackjack or roulette. Like in the long run, the system is is there to for them to make money. Like you might win sometimes, but overall, you're you're probably not going to win very yeah. often. They do have professionals that bet for a living and that's how they make their income they the the the, the pros only hit about 60 percent of the time that's yeah. that's that's good enough for them to make money but if somebody tells you they're they're hitting over 60 percent they might be on a hot streak but it ain't gonna last you're gonna come down to earth eventually at some point yeah so go ahead i, I guess uh I was going to ask something, and now it kind of slipped my mind. Yeah, and you, I mean, I kind of always know a little bit. I know enough because, like, usually, especially now that sports, I can't remember what decision it was, but, like, they, the, like, uh, NBA and NFL have really turned into, they were against sports betting for a while there, but now they've kind of turned it into, there was a, there was something that happened. I can't remember. I'll probably, I'll have to look it up. But, uh, but yeah, I kind of get a good gauge of where Vegas is like thinking because they're really smart. Like I said, so like normally, like if you know I follow the Saints or I follow LSU or I follow you know Notre Dame, whatever. Uh, by the way, go Irish. Uh, so they're they're a good litmus test to see like okay, who do we who do we think the experts are going to win this game? So I, I kind of have followed it a little bit, like just like oh, if the Saints are you know like you said negative one forty five or whatever. Uh, I was like oh, or, or plus plus one forty five, like you said. I was like, oh, well, they don't expect the Saints to win. And I kind of had vaguely aware of it, but I swear I ask you questions all the time. Well, not all the time, but pretty regularly about gambling. You're like, John, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, you, you've been doing it a while. Um, I did I did give you some questions. Like, you, you talked about some big wins. Do you do you have any big wins that stick out, like, from the past five years that, like, really stuck out that you were like, wow, I couldn't believe that that paid off that well? Or I took a flyer on it and been like, wow, that really fucking – paid off for me if there's any that leaps your mind or not yeah i've 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 had i've had a lot more what we call bad breaks than yeah. good breaks for sure um, oh, we'll, get to, we'll get to those in a second because i've got something you'll, you'll you'll love to hear uh but i i think probably my my i have i have two two that stick out to me is the, the biggest win that i had both of them were on parlays and what a parlay is, is essentially uh you're picking multiple mm-hmm. multiple uh selections i guess you could say whether it be the spread the total the money on what you're making multiple selections but you're putting it on the one bet uh 
So just so everybody understands what that is, if I take the Saints plus three, the Dolphins plus six, the Steelers minus 14, and the Raiders minus one, and I put $100 on it, that is my bet. But all four of those things have to cover in order for me to win the bet. Um, I've hit a couple of those. And honestly, I think the one that I hit was, I think the last time that Alabama wasn't a favorite. I saw that they were an underdog and it was against Georgia. It was, I think it was 2016, maybe. Well, it might have been the championship or the SEC championship. Huh? No, it was, it was, I, it was, it was like a regular season game or something. Oh, like wow. That. They, they were, they were two point, they were two point underdogs when I, when I threw them in the parlay. And by the time the line closed, because like I said, depending on what's getting bet on, Vegas will adjust the lines to try to even out the betting. By the time the line closed, I think Bama was favored, but I got them at, at plus points. I was, I was happy about that. I was like, sure, I'll take Nick Saban and, and his Bama team versus anybody with that. Um, but I had them, I had Florida and I had one other team that I just kind of put together, put like, 25, 30 bucks on, ended up winning like 100 and 180 or something like that. And I, I was, I was, I had a good weekend. I think I went seven and one or something like that for the entire weekend. I was, I, I was able to, I reached the limit where I could get paid for those bets. So I was happy. That was a good one. But then on the flip side, I've had some of awful, I've made some awful decisions, especially early on for like there was a bet that I made like a few weeks after I started. Uh, I think it cost me like, Four or five hundred bucks. Yeah. I I made some very bad decisions, uh, with that before. Nothing, nothing that like, yeah. I, I, I don't bet with money that I don't have or that I can't afford to lose. Yeah. Because I I have money set aside. This is my play and betting money. And if it's gone, shit, I'm, I'm, I'm not done. But, um, I've had, I've had a game like that. I think I bet the Broncos early on and I was, I was buying points. So like, if you take, Back to our example, Saints plus three. Um, if you take it just by itself, you can actually, uh, you can buy points. So let's say I wanted to make it three and a half. Cause I, let's say I, I think, I think the Saints will win by, or I think the Buccaneers will win by a field goal. So I wanted to buy a half point for the Saints, make it three and a half. So if Tampa wins by three, I'll still cover. You can buy a point, but you have to, you have to pay for more juice on it. So it's three, it's minus 105 now. It might be minus 125 for me to buy that point. So I got to put up more money to get what I wanted to win for it to okay. add point to it. But uh, I did a lot of stupid shit like that. And there was one game in particular where I was, I was essentially looking for a bailout. I was like, man, I'm like I'm, I'm in a little bit of a hole. I want to get out of this hole. So I, I made a big bet on the Broncos back when Peyton Manning was there versus <laughs> the Colts in Indianapolis. I think I had bought like a point, a point and a half or something like that. It paid a super large amount of juice. And I never make a bet like that again. Like I know better now. Um, it wasn't close. I don't. I don't think they ever got close. They were a favorite. They were a road favorite, which is red flag number one. But they never came close covering. I lost. I had to pay out. That was awful. That was the end of. That was the end of my betting for that year. Yeah. Um, my most notable loss uh, happens to be the Falcons' most notable loss. Because <laughs> um, I was on the Falcons. They were. They were. I think plus three. I had. I had. I was already up. I was having a good year up until that point. And I said, you know what? I'm going to let all this ride. Like I'm telling you, the Falcons have it. So I put it all, I put most of what I was up already. And again, this is, this isn't money that was in my pocket. We kind of, my, my situation works more on kind of like a credit. Once yeah, I get, to plus, yeah, once I get to plus or minus 300, 
uh, is when I either have to pay out or get paid. Um, so I was up a good bit, like 200 something or whatever. And I put most of that on either the Falcons plus three or the Falcons money line, which was real good, which is around this like plus 145 ish level. So like here I am at halftime. I had Tommy and Anthony over. We were watching the Super Bowl. I'm feeling good. I'm taking bets for, for Anthony. I'm letting him bet whatever he wants, knowing that like he's probably going to lose. I'll have a little added bonus. You know, they're up 28 to three. I'm going to make a drink. I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who's who's followed John knows how that happened. They collapsed. I don't Epic think they. I don't think they scored a point again. They lost what thirty four twenty eight. Which like that, yeah. At, at one point during overtime, I'm like, just let it win by field goal. Like I'm, I'm fine. We just push the spread. Like just and they scored the touchdown, and I'm like, how does this happen? Like <laughs> I, I got I got to feel what they felt. It was. Bad. And and honestly, of all the times that they've they've choked that Super Bowl, they've choked two or three times this year. I think I've bet on them two out of the three or four times that they've collapsed. I'm like, I need to stop betting on this team. They're awful. Um, but that's that's probably my most notable yeah like loss where I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like uh, this is yeah. in the back. You said that you also you bet basketball and NFL. Like, what has been your experience? What do you what do you what have the differences been in your experience? And do you have any like pro tips for either or uh, sport? I'm not as I do bet on basketball, but I'm I'm not nearly as knowledgeable as as maybe I should be to bet on them. But I'll I'll still place them. Um, yeah. The NFL with the way that scores work, obviously a field goal is three points, a touchdown is six plus the extra point, which used to be automatic. Now it's not so much. That's an extra wrinkle in there. But there are there are key numbers in the NFL that you should consider whenever you're betting a line. That is three and seven because of how the scores work. And you can get three and a half. Three and a half is is great when you're taking the points because it gives you that full, you know, field goal and the hook to to make a win. But if you're betting on like two and a half that's not really as as good of a bet because yeah. the way the scores work, unless safety. it's safety or some shit, right? Those are those are those are so rare. They're yeah. they're it, it doesn't really it doesn't really apply. Do they happen? Yes, but they're they're too rare for you to really consider it and take yeah. betting something like that. But but same thing when it comes to to seven. Seven's another key number um, to consider when you're when you're making a spread on it. Basketball, I I, do, I don't know. I'm sure that there are key numbers that pros can tell you for it. Um, also being that, you know, a basket is either two or, or three points, but I find that basketball is much more difficult to bet on, especially in a game that ends up being close. Because if you have like, for example, Lakers minus two against the Heat or something like that, that wasn't the line, but let's say it's Lakers minus two. Let's say they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're up too late or something like that. Somebody gets fouled, they go to the free throw line, they hit one. Well, obviously you're not going to get it, but, if the game is close at the end, the the whole free throws thing, you know how they all <laughs> do that. That eps with those lines so much. Like you could have, you could have Heat plus seven, and it's a three point game. Uh, Miami has just missed a, a potential game tying shot, and LA quickly inbounds the ball and they get fouled. Yeah, and then they get both free throws. Now it's at five. And then they get another chance to make a quick shot, and they miss it, and they foul again, and then they make the two free. Now it's at seven, and you're like, "Come on!" Like you had it there, but they they play this foul game, and it and it inflates the line, and it, it screws up a lot of stuff there. So yeah. like, I always get nervous about those close games, 
Uh, but you don't, I don't really don't like to bet a lot of, um, for me, it's more totals in the NBA. Like I, the, the Pelicans were one of the, the highest scoring teams in the league this past year. So they were, they were real fun to bet overs on. So that's, that was something, but I try, I try and stay away from, from the NBA a lot because I, I don't know the key numbers and a lot of the key stats that I think I should have that I should know by now, but I just don't, I don't bet it enough to care as much as I do like the NFL. Do you stick to the pros or are you ever dipped into like college football or basketball? Not so much college in basketball, but college football I, I have. Um, it's, it's a totally different game, although it's the same sport. There's, there's a lot more scoring. Uh, maybe not so much this year because the NFL has been scoring at a ridiculous rate, but, um, a lot of your key numbers aren't really as important in college. They're still important. Don't get me wrong, but the value of a point in college does not have the same weight it does in the NFL. Yeah. Because the NFL games are a lot closer generally than in college because, you know, LSU or Alabama because LSU stinks and shit. Alabama will play a cupcake team and blow them out by 50 something. I mean, you know, like points just aren't worth it. Alabama's going to win the game just a matter of how much. Mm-hmm. Taking, taking plus three in the NFL is, is a lot more valuable in terms of the three points you're getting than it is taking plus three in college where the game is more likely to be a blowout in one way or the other. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of a big difference there, but I've, I've bet them. I like to do, I like to do teasers a lot in, in college and a teaser is, is essentially like you can do it two, three or four teams. What, what I'm allowed to do. I'm sure that there are, are many more variations in Vegas because Vegas will gladly take your money in whichever way that they can. Um, <laughs> they have no qualms about that shit. They don't. They'll be like, Oh, you want to, you want to cut a deal on some crazy ass bet that's got almost no shot at winning? Sure. We'll see how we. <laughs> Just hand us your credit card information. We're good to go. Yeah. Um, but I like, to, I like to do teasers. Teasers are set up to where they will give you more points than what the line already is. So, for example, I can take a 14 teaser, which means that I have to pick four teams, uh, either the spread or the total. Mm-hmm. Typically, typically it's not so much of the total. I don't, I don't think, depending on how high the number is that you get with the teaser, they may or may not let you do the total. But I can take a 14 teaser. For the four remaining games this afternoon, I can do four teams, 13 points. So I could get the Chargers, who were originally plus one, I could get them at plus 14. The Cowboys, plus 14, I could get them at a ridiculous plus 27. And you can do the same thing with the, the favorites. So like Buccaneers minus three, I could put the 13 points to that, uh, which would make them plus 10. You would lose the three, get them back to pick them, which is, there's no spread. And then... I would be given the other 10 for the remaining 10 of the teaser and I can get them at plus 10. I can change a favorite into an, an underdog essentially. And I could do that. I think you could risk a hundred dollars and get like potentially win 78 for that. So you pay more juice, but at the same time you get a, you get a better line. So you can do stuff like that. There's all different kinds of bets you can make. I, I mentioned earlier about a parlay, which is just, you know, you picking the current lines as they already are picking multiple ones of them, but all of them have to hit in order to win. Uh, same thing applies to the teaser. You have to hit all of those in order for it to win. Yeah. Um, and if one ties, you still lose because you're taking, you're taking points. If you, if you, if you tied in a parlay, uh, it just, it just takes that team off. So if you had a 14 parlay going on and one of them tied, they would just basically subtract that game. So it, it would essentially, you'd essentially be betting on a three team parlay now, just whatever the result of the other three would determine whether or not you won that bet or not. Yeah. I don't know if you still do fantasy. Uh, I know I, that's, 
Yeah, but did you ever think about dipping into daily fantasy, or do you think that's like kind of shady or kind of a scam or something like that? No, fantasy. Once I got out of fantasy, I was out of fantasy for good. I don't, I don't particularly care for the whole like pick players, see how they're going to do kind of deal. Um, yeah. I know a lot, obviously a lot of people like that. It's a very big thing. I, I don't, I don't care for it. I would rather bet on the entire game than than bet on a player who may or may not do well, may not even be in the game plan, and I wouldn't know. Yeah. So yeah, I, it's been very insightful. I literally asked Stephen to explain this to me like I'm a ten year old, and I think he's doing a fairly good job at it. But I'm I'm still like, it's so intricate that it's like, God, it's it's like European history. I have no real basis or connection to it, but it's so complicated that I find it fascinating. That I'm just like, wow, this is wild. Uh, and there's I'm really fascinated, especially when there's whole communities and whole sectors and just like whole other worlds that I have no knowledge about or no insight into that just completely function like like completely outside of my scope of like awareness but I guess the uh wrapping up the last couple few questions I wanted to ask was like you also like to go to casinos right mm-hmm. uh we've hung out at casinos I'm not too keen on them but I, I get it I totally get why people do it uh, I've never, I've done, I've played penny slots before, but I've never actually sat at a table and bet anything. Uh, what do you feel is the difference? Like, do you enjoy one more than the other? What What do you like about one and what do you like about the other as far as like, you know, sports betting versus like casino gambling? Is that what it's called, I guess? Oh, are you talking about like, are you asking me which I prefer, like to go bet on sports or to go sit at like a blackjack table? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I would, I would, I would much rather bet on sports because my, my bet is locked in and I, and I just go and watch the game. Yeah, and, and 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 honestly, I'm glad you asked that because it, it, it gives me a chance to say that one of the one of the bigger reasons why I like to bet, and it, it's I know I've I know I've given I've said a lot of numbers and I made a lot of bad choices with like higher dollar amount bets, but for the most part, I'll bet for me, which is for me, which is not a, I got a good bit of money. I'll bet like twenty five dollars on a game, yeah. and it just adds it, it it gives it it gives it a level of like intensity to it. Like, for example, a random Tuesday in college football season, there might be like some action. I know you, you know what action is, right? There was yeah. Mac plays during the week. Uh, normally, I wouldn't give a shit about that. That's the yeah. Mac. That's the Mid Atlantic Conference, right? Correct. Something, something like that. They they play their games on the, the weekday, and, and and it's cool that you have football on a non like traditional football day because it's just more football throughout the week. But like, yeah. normally I wouldn't care about that game. But if I bet twenty five dollars on it, you better believe I'm gonna watch that game from start to finish. Yeah, you know, my you, know, you got money on the line for it. So that's that's kind of the big thing for me is that like it, it takes a lot of games that normally I wouldn't care about, and now it's just like I know everything about that team because I have to because I put a bet on them and they're my new favorite team for the next three hours. <laughs> so it, it makes it makes things a lot more interesting. Even 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 something as simple like if you if you bet five dollars on the game, like. You know, like John, if 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 you bet, let's let's say it wasn't the Saints. Let's let's just say this Cowboys Steelers game that's going on. Like, if you bet me five dollars that Pittsburgh is going to win the game, like you're going to watch that game. Even if it's just five dollars, you're going to watch that yeah. game. See if you're going to win that bet. Yeah. So it's it's just it's just simple stuff like that 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 really gets me into it. That's that's the big thing. So I would much rather bet on sports than sit you know sit at the, like a blackjack table and 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 do that. I mean, they're 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 fun. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like you can, you can, you're, you're probably going to lose in the long run anyway, but you're, you're going to make it last longer 
betting sports because you just yeah. make a bet and then go watch a game for three hours. Because a lot of the casinos in Vegas, they have like a room set up with tens, almost maybe hundreds of televisions and of every game on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got it looks like a, it looks like a theater in there. Yeah. And you go, you place your bets, you can go grab a drink and go sit down and, and watch your game and and have a good time at the casino. Whereas, you know, if you sit at the blackjack table, you have to keep putting money up to continue playing and you could you could very quickly be down all of your money in twenty minutes. Yeah. Do so you, it just it, it makes it last longer. Yeah, I, I get it. And it is that's the thing. Like I've never worried about you when you come to your gambling. Not that I mean, you're a grown ass man, I don't need to worry about you. But like I, I know that you you've shared with me in the past that you're not like this you don't have an addiction, you don't have a, a issue, which are very real. And I res- I really appreciate like those people that struggle with that and their family members. Uh, I have a good friend that has a parent that is a recovering gambling addict and uh yeah, it's it's not pretty. Uh, so I never worried about you because I know you're a smart guy and you're not stupid or you're not addicted to it. So uh, I, I, it is just your hobby. I just never really got into it because like, like I, I don't like, like I like, I, I know that you like the the thrill of it or the 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 fun. Yeah, the enhanced fun of watching the game when you have money on it. But uh, I don't like. I just don't like giving people money and not being sure I'm going to get something like immediately and directly like exactly what I want. It's like, I just don't really like that. It never really gave me much, uh, uh, thrill or fun out of it. Cause I'm just like, I, I, I've played, you know, I, I like playing with friends. Like if we put five bucks, like I'll tell you the only time I bet on the saints, which is stupid. Don't ever bet on the saints. If anyone listening to this, <laughs> never, ever bet on the saints because they will break your heart. They are as a saints fan. I'll tell you, if my life depended on a Saints game, I would just accept that I'm going to die. Uh, so uh, <laughs> uh, I bet 20 bucks that uh, one of my stepdad's uh, relatives, he's a big Atlanta Falcons fan, we bet 20 bucks that like the Saints would beat the Falcons. They would sweep them in the regular season. I lost because the Saints only won one game out of the two. And so that's the only time I'm like, why do I, I, that was a mistake. And I just don't really get, like I just don't, I get it, but I just never really got that same feeling. Like I'm just like, I guess I'm a cynic or a pessimist that I'm just like, well, if I'm going to put money on something, I'm going to lose. So it's just like, why would I bother? But I do find it fascinating. And uh, I, 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 do you have a favorite, like we just a little bit more about casino gambling. Like I've seen you play roulette. I've seen you play blackjack. Like, what do you get? What, what do you like about those games particularly? Like roulette is just fucking beyond me. I just give up. Like I've had people explain roulette to me. I'm like, I don't know what this is. So I'm just going to fucking watch and just be like, oh, wow, that was cool. I don't know what's going on, but cool, whatever. Uh, I mean, those those are those are a different animal as opposed to as opposed to sports betting. Because, I mean, like, if you're losing, you're not having fun. Yeah. So it just it is what it is. But, like, it's it's, it's really only fun if, if you're winning. I mean, because, like I said, like, I, I try and I try and when I go to bet something like that, like, I, I'm just looking to try to make it last a while. Like, yeah. I, I like to play those games, don't get me wrong, but, like, if you lose seven in a row, if you're not just losing the game, like, you're, you're also losing your money in the process. So that's why I try, I don't, I would, that's why I would much rather just go and bet on sports, because I know I can, like I said earlier, I can make, I can, I can stretch out that money that I bet on that game for a good three to four hours and just wait for the results of the, the bet, whereas, like, I know instantly if I'm going to win or lose in a blackjack or, or a roulette thing, but... I mean, they're they're fun to play uh, in in the sense of like you know when you're when you're winning. I, I always bet the minimum, try and make mm-hmm. it go as quickly as I can. But again, if you lose five or six in a row, 
even the minimum is going to catch up to, to, you know, what, what your, what your quote unquote, your bankroll or what you're walking in willing to lose yeah. with your, 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 your money pocket or whatever you want to call it. Um, but it, you don't, you don't like that feeling. Like when you watch a Saints game, like I, I know you know what I'm talking about. Like you're, it's, it's a close game. Last drive. You're down four. You've got to rely on Drew Brees to go down the field and score a touchdown. Your heart's, your heart's racing. Your palms are sweaty. You got that thrill. Like you're wired. You're like, holy shit. Like I'm nervous. Like I don't, I don't think you like that. There, there, there are some fans that are like, I don't ever want to be in that situation. I want us to win 40 to nothing every game. I want it to be easy. I want it to, I want it to be nice and calm. I don't want to have to worry about it. And then there are guys like me that are just like, I need that adrenaline rush and yeah. putting money on a game gives it to me because I, I feel that throughout the entire game. Like if we throw an interception, I'm like, shit, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's an opportunity to score that we missed out on. It's probably going to cost me money and I'm freaking out the entire game. But like, it's, it's that level of thrill that like, I just, I, I get from it. Mm-hmm. And, and I probably would, would, now that I think about it, what would really kind of, I guess, attracted me to betting was after the Ravens won the Super Bowl seven years ago and Ray Lewis yeah. retired. And, and I started, I started to, to, to kind of lose interest in, in them as a, as a whole. Yeah. I remember I started, that. Yeah. I started to realize that like, I, maybe I wasn't so much a fan of the team as it just was those guys and that defense that they had. Like I, I loved them. And now that they've all kind of moved on, the team's different now, the game's different now. And without them, I don't have any real connection to them. But I also started to notice while I was watching the games as they all started to leave and whatnot, like I didn't, I just didn't care so much about the wins and losses. And I didn't have that, I didn't have that, that rush anymore watching the games. It was whatever. Um, but I was able to find it again in, in just recreational betting. Um, I, I could, I could, you could pick a team, follow them and have that added bonus of just like, just, just put some money on it every week and mm-hmm. you'll, you'll have that rush throughout the entire game. Unless of course it's a blow and you just know you're not going to win, but that, that's, that's what attracts me to betting more than anything. And I think that's also why a lot of people get addicted to it as well. Yeah, it is a dopamine hit. Look, without passing judgment, please do not judge me. But I am definitely that first fan you described. Like when LSU won their the LSU season where they won the national championship, they blew out pretty much everybody except Auburn. I was like, this is my type of sports here. Because when it comes to the Saints, I'll just tell you, I already wager my emotional state on the Saints. Like when the Saints lose, I'm not really happy until Wednesday. Like if they play on a Sunday, if it's a Monday, whatever. But, like, I'm really not happy or over it until Wednesday. I already bet my emotional state on the Saints. I can't afford to bet my wallet because I'm just like, it's too much. It's too much. I could probably bet on any other team, maybe outside of, like, LSU and the Saints. And Notre Dame, and maybe, I don't know. But, like, like if I were to engage in sports betting, I would never bet on the Saints because I'm like, I'm I'm too emotional. I I can't handle this. Uh, but no, I just, I really like easy. I, I mean, I enjoy easy wins. I, I enjoy entertaining games. I do. Uh, and so like, it's really just the Saints. I would never do that with the Saints because my mind, like, I can't, uh, but like, <laughs> I just don't, I just don't get the thrill. Like I get it. I get it. But I've also like been so bad with money for my entire adult life. I mean, Steven knows this. I've shared how my struggles and I've gotten better, but you know, 
like I'm so bad with money that I don't trust myself to do any of this. Like I don't trust myself like to 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 risk money that I probably shouldn't on things like this because I already waste my money on things I shouldn't already, or at least I used to really bad. Uh, but I I get it. I really get it. I just don't. It's just not my level of fun. Like I like I, I do. I like coasting. Like I like easy relaxing fun. <laughs> I really enjoy just like ah. No, no real stakes, just my own fulfillment. Like I don't like, I don't like the the tension, the pressure, because I have, I have fairly bad anxiety. So I'm just like, I can't. If I had money on, it, if I knew that like money was on the line, I'd be like, oh shit, no, oh god, no, please, no. Well, so, you're, you're not, you're not a competitor, that guy. Yeah, I'm not competitive at all. At For all. me, most of my life has always been about competition, whether it be in sports or, or whatnot. So it's just, it, it, it's how, it's how I get the the competitive high. And you don't, yeah. you don't need it. You, I don't, I don't think you played sports as a kid, right? Uh, very young, I played some sports. I was never really good at it. The most I really played was, I know you are aware of this, like our, the Catholic school I went to. Uh, we had the intramurals, and we did have like the basketball where we'd go play like fucking uh, St. Andrews and fucking visitation. We played, we played like uh, indoor ball or basketball, but that's really the most sports I ever did, and it was really, I wasn't really good at it. I just like doing it because some of my friends were on there and it was it was good to do after school and all that stuff it was more fun it wasn't about the winning and losing no because we sucked we were terrible on both yeah well yeah but my point is that you don't you've never you've never been in a game where you you have that that competitive fire lit under your butt where you're like we need to kind of win this game or you're, you're just you're competing you're trying as hard as you can just to win the game um so I mean I get it. That's probably why you don't you don't care much for it. I've just I've grown up with it. It's just it's just like I I, I need I need that high. Like that's that's, I, that's why it. most Americans love football and love sports. That's that's what they get from it by rooting for their team. I I really enjoy sports. Just as like kind of putting a button on it. I don't really enjoy like outside of my teams. Like if I just watch any random sport, any game, I like entertainment. Like if the game is entertaining, like I I don't I don't like wins. Uh, that are boring. Like, I just want to be entertained. Like, I was just like, wow, that was incredible. I can't believe I got to see that. Uh, I don't really need to know, like, it's, I don't really need the competition to be, like, great. I just like entertainment. And, uh, so comp- competition, like, that kind of stuff, like, I've never really, I'm the least competitive, I mean, you know this, I'm the least competitive person you'll ever meet. Like, I just don't care. Like, I'm just like, did I have fun? That's all I really care about. And I don't need to, I don't need for my team to win, although every time the Saints win, that's great. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I don't really, that's not me. It's not me, but look, look at us. I mean, we're both very different in this department and we're best of friends. So yeah, there's room for everybody there. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think we weren't going to do the questions cause you already did them when Morgan was on. Uh, so we're about an hour and a half in, uh, I think this is a good place to wrap up, man. Do you have anything else to say? Like anything you left to say or anything? Uh, not that I can think of. Do do you have any more questions in the the betting department? Anything that maybe came to mind that we didn't already have? No, I I was really like really just interested in hearing like the breakdown, and I really think you gave great points and really like I I always wonder what a parlay was. I always wonder what a teaser was. Like I'm kind of familiar with prop bets are and like the money lines and the over unders and the the spreads and what's taking the points and what's taking the the whatever and the terminology I really felt like I get lost in the terminology like when you break it down for me I'm like oh that's pretty intuitive because I don't think this is that complicated because it's it's simple it's it's what are you betting on and I think that 
just the terminology and the 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 culture around it. I'm like kind of get lost in the shuffle. But when someone takes the time to explain to me, like you just did, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, all right, that makes sense. And yeah, all right, yeah, it's it's. I feel it is very logical and very intuitive. And they do that because, you know, you don't want to make it too complicated because it is money involved. So, um, but no, nah, man, it was really great. I really, really enjoyed learning more about it. And I promise, even though you explained it to me, I still will ask you stupid betting questions. Be like, what does this mean? What does that mean? <laughs> or something like that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it, man. Uh, it's a great conversation. Uh, this should be going out Wednesday, the uh, 11th. Uh, and then. You know, uh, by the time – I don't know what I'm going to do about the next episode though. Like we have an episode – I'm supposed to have an episode on the 25th. I might push that to the 2nd. Maybe I'll record it with somebody while I'm in town. Who's, we'll see. We'll see. Stay tuned, right? Um, but yeah, uh, that's going to do it for us guys. Uh, Steven, thank you as always for doing this. Uh, I love you. Can't wait to see you. Uh, it'll only be a few more – like a couple more weeks. Yeah, and I, I really looking forward to celebrating your birthday and – uh yeah i hope everybody listening please like subscribe share blah 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 uh if you really enjoyed it give us a give us a shout out like reach out man we'd love to hear about it uh and so yeah i hope everybody's doing strong out there i hope everybody's doing all right go irish that was awesome last night uh and i hope the saints win today man steven you have anything to say before we sign off uh if you win a big game in college football please do not storm the field it's it's not worth the coronavirus Yeah, I had a friend reach out. They're like, I was really excited. They're like, are you excited about all that COVID? I'm like, man, come on. Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I can't just enjoy the win. Yeah, those idiots were, those kids were stupid. But what am I supposed to do about that? I'm just going to enjoy the win. But yes, you're absolutely right. Please stay away from each other. Please stay the fuck away from each other. (laughs) And on that note. All right. And on that note, give my love to Rachel and uh, tell your parents I will try and see them when I'm in town. And uh, yeah, man, I love you. I'll talk to you later. All right. See you, dude. Bye. Bye.